Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, and welcome back. I just want to remind you that you can get all my homestead science books on my website for a new way of teaching agriculture to today's youth and aspiring homesteaders by focusing on small-scale farming and self-sufficiency. If you're a school or co-op and need invoicing, please feel free to reach out to me directly. So, hi, everybody. Who has been getting their butts kicked by the polar vortex? I know we have here in North Idaho. I mean, oh my goodness, we were like with wind chill like down in the negative 40s or something like that I um I I stayed inside for a couple of days luckily my husband does most of the heating (laughs) because I um he has the gear for it like um I have you know like my heavy jacket and stuff but he's got the um overalls and like we just decided it wasn't safe for us girls and the littles to come outside when we don't have the heavy equipment like the boys do um, so yeah, we just kind of hung out in the house for a couple of days, got a lot of work done. That was fine. Um, it was my birthday this last week, hit the big 40, Ugh. not doing great with that one. <laughs> so, you know, if you feel the need to shoot me a message and be like, you look great for 40, like I'm all about it. So, um, or maybe just tell me I look great anyways. I don't even need to hear that it's for a 40 year old. Uh, <laughs> We're actually supposed to get some snow this week, so um, that's going to be good. I mean, good and bad. Um, We're supposed to get like eight inches in less than 48 hours, so I mean, that's not outrageous, and we need it, and I'm kind of actually looking forward to like the temperatures coming up a little bit for a snow, the quietness that happens with snow. I don't know about you guys, but um, I grew up in, I mean... Most of you didn't grow up in California, but I grew up in California and it rains. It rains a lot in the wintertime and it is loud and we had a metal roof and you'd wake up in the morning and you knew that it had stormed all night long and you'd wake up to everything just wet. And I love sleeping soundly in my nice warm house in total silence and I wake up to beautiful snow. I just, there's something about it that I will never, it'll never get old for me. Um, so yeah, so it's being some snow. Unfortunately, I think our co-op might get canceled and it's the first day back in the spring or for spring semester and the kids are going to be super bummed about that. But it's important that we all stay safe, especially we live about 40 minutes from town and then co-ops on the south end of town. So it's even further, but So we started back to homeschool this week, you know, just co-op starting. So I decided that we should probably start back at home too. It's been nice kind of having, I don't know. I mean, we never really slow down between the homestead and the businesses. The kids work for the businesses. Uh, We're always cleaning or cooking or prepping or I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't think I know what a vacation is or a day off, nor do the kids. Um, But we started back to school this week. And if you could hear my toddler screaming bloody murder from the living room, I hope he's okay. But my husband's out there, so I'm sure they'll let me know if he is injured. <laughs> um, Probably just mad because that's what toddlers do. So anyways, um, we've been doing a lot of read alouds. Um, we actually started that right when we took off for Christmas break. And we started with the Little House on the Prairie books. Um, we couldn't find the first two. So we started with Little House on the Prairie. Um, I think you're supposed to start with like Little House Big Woods and then Farmer Boy. We started where we started. It is what it is. Um, and even though I have kids that are older, I struggled getting them to, um, I don't know, just really embrace like a good story, embrace a series, follow it. Um, And both of them have some learning disabilities. So I thought, you know what, like I have a three, almost four year old, a six year old and two 15 year olds. I think a read aloud could really like be positive for everybody. And so I've been reading every evening right before bedtime. 
and everybody is super engaged. It's so wonderful. I mean, even my husband, he was so mad at the end of Little House on the Prairie when I don't know if you read it or not, but they, you know, decided to move. And so he's like, oh my gosh, we have to start the next one and know what happens. <laughs> then um I also I decided that I feel like my 15-year-olds needed something a little bit uh, more thought-provoking than Little House on the Prairie, which I think is a wonderful story. But, you know, they are needing something a little bit more adult level. Um, so I am reading Four Agreements out loud to everybody. I've talked about the Four Agreements before. It was really life-changing for me. And it's a short story. or It's not a story. It's a short read. But it basically just tells you to rethink everything you've been taught. And I think as homesteaders and homeschoolers, that's something that we are, I mean, like actively seeking out how to redo what we've done, which is actually a big piece of the topic we're going to have today. So, um, you know, if you get a chance to read the four agreements, it's very, it's a short read. I think I did it. I can usually do it in a weekend if it's just me. I'm reading out loud to the kids. I'm only doing about a half a chapter at a time. So, um, and then because, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, I'm reading a book myself. Um, I read that before I go to bed at night. And that is The Worst Hard Times. It is a rather thick, I mean, thick, thick uh, history book, I guess, on um, the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression. And I love how the story goes. It was a reporter who wrote it. And he kind of, he interviews families and tells like their whole story of what was happening and then goes into like the history of what was happening at that time and then kind of bounces back and forth. So you can see like the whole picture of what's like happening, not just to that family, but like what's happening politically, what's happening overseas. And then it bounces back to what's actually happening with the family, like what they're making for dinner and that type of stuff. I mean, it's a very... I am so sucked in. Like, I wish I could just sit and read this book. And maybe with the snow coming, I'll take a day and just read. Like, I, I think I might deserve that. <laughs> um, So this week, I have to, like, just bring this up. You know, um, I talked about it last week, but the Ultimate Homestead Bundle is only going to be available for a few more days. Um, I've been blessed to be a part of a large collaboration with 45 other homestead educators um, to put together the Ultimate Homestead Bundle. It's worth $1,500 and we are selling it for only 50 bucks. What's the catch? It's only available from January 9th through the 21st. There's eBooks, guides, planners, and courses from 45 different homesteaders. Um, I have the link in the show notes. Make sure you get a copy before January 21st, 2024. It works out to about $1 a download. And even if you glean one piece of information from each one, it's worth every cent. And these aren't tiny downloads. These are like 50-page ebooks. They it, This is just a wonderful, wonderful resource. Um, you know, you might ask how we can sell it for so cheap and have it actually be worth that. You know, personally, like my ebook that's in there, it I normally sell it for $25 on my website. Um, I wouldn't be able to sell it for $1.20. There's just... No way. It wouldn't even co cover my website costs. It wouldn't cover the um, research that went into it. wouldn't cover the software that I used to make it. I mean, none of that. Um, but when we sell it as a bundle like that, everybody's getting a cut. And so it works out where you're actually uh, making pretty, you know, each individual educator is making a piece of that and it's not a dollar. So that's just, it's really amazing. Um, okay, so <clears throat> my topic for this week, I'm really glad that I started doing um, video podcasting before we have this topic. Um, because for those of you that do tune in on the YouTube channel, I think you'll see something in my face that I'm ready to share. So this is called Building a Homestead Education. This is a dual entendre. Um, this is about you and how you can build that education for yourself and your family. But this is also about how I built my business, the homestead education and the ups and downs and the hardships. And I mean, there's still even some things that I'm not going to share with you just because of the people involved. But um, I want to share my story. And I was debating whether or not I should talk about me or you first. 
And I decided to share some really deep stuff about myself and my journey to bring you the homestead education. Um, Someone said to me recently that everybody has gone through something. Um, So why don't we share it? And um, that just like really, it hit me because um, we were taught not to share our personal information, like because it's nobody's business or um, that you're weak. And I think that the difference is, is that you're willing to share and connect with others, um, give others hope, make others feel validated, um, rather than making it about your identity uh, or making like whatever happened to you, your identity. Um, You know, as an example of that, I was um, a victim of domestic violence several years ago um, before the husband I'm with now. Um, And most people don't know that because I don't make that who I am. Um, It's only part of my story. Um, And I like to talk about all the other beautiful things that happened from that piece of my story. Like, you know, I was a single mom at that point and I said, you know, like, I'm not going to have this be our story. And I went back to college and that has led me like to where I'm at today. And so I wouldn't change any piece of that. But the last couple of years has been a huge roller coaster up and down for me, for my family. And um, there's been positives, there's been negatives. And I just felt like I was really ready to share some of these things with you. Then afterwards, I'm going to give you some, have some real conversations about this homestead endeavor that we're on, some actionable, and some actionable tips to embrace your homestead education. Um, I hope I say this right. I have a lot to say. Um, I hope it doesn't come off. Um, you know what? Let's just go ahead and start. So um, before I have previously talked to you guys about how I started my business, Homestead Science, but there's more to it than that. Um, I want to talk to you about like the business, the Homestead Education, because Homestead Science is just one product that I provide. Um, you know, there's the podcast where I hope that I reach you guys on a totally different level on a weekly basis that I'm bringing you guys guests that can reach you, inspire you, teach you. Um, you know, my theme for the podcast is helping you grow your own food and grow as a person. And I hope that that's what I do for you guys every week, um, both in your homesteads and your homeschools. Um, But I have this drive to help, um, to bring this topic to everyone. You know, I, like I said, I was an ag major, but I grew up in agriculture and I always felt like, I don't even know what the word for it was. Like, you know, I got made fun of for being like the dumb hick or whatever in school, which was really funny because I was taking all AP classes. (laughs) But um, it always frustrated me because it's like, it's more than that. Like, I'm not just the hick. Like, Um, I genuinely love being a part of agriculture, being a part of 4-H, being a part of, um, you know, my dad's cattle ranch. My mom was a taxidermist. Like this was so much a part of our life. And so I would always try to educate. Like at one point in high school, I wrote, um, an essay on why we should hunt. And another kid wrote an essay actually on why we shouldn't hunt. And we ended up having all the school administrators come and be there for our presentations. And it was amazing. And I think that was probably one of the first times that I realized that I want to teach and advocate for these topics. When I went to college, I was frustrated that as adults, you know, I would tell people that I was an ag major and I'd still kind of get that blank look like they didn't know what we did. And it's more than just about cows. I mean, cows are great. Don't get me wrong, especially the fluffy ones. But (laughs) um, I mean, we learned politics, public speaking. um, I mean, budgeting, like just so many things that I feel like were really life skills that I've actually taken further with what I've done in Homestead Science. And this isn't just, you know, an advertisement for Homestead Science. But it's, I want you to know where my heart came from with this. And it was that I feel like there's more to running a farm or a homestead than the cows. Um, There's all the other pieces and a lot of them aren't taken seriously. I mean, 
predators and soil health and um, just like home budgeting and those types of things that are all part of running your homestead for adults and for children. I mean, children, we aren't learning. The, we weren't learning those skills when we were in school. And then now, um, you know, so many of us are homeschooling our kids and even those who aren't, we're looking for these ways to teach our kids these topics. Um, and sometimes we don't want to share our own personal finances with our kids. Um, my kids, you know, they know our finances, like uh, the teenagers do to some extent, you know, they need to know that like, Hey, no, we're not going to an amusement park this week. We can't afford it. Um, but, you know, I don't stress them out when there's business problems or we're late on a payment or something like that. They don't need to have that stress, but I want them to understand how to budget. And so that's something that I'm really big on teaching my kids about and have added pieces of that to teaching your kids. Um, so even in public schools, though, um, there's classes, there's FFA classes, there's ag classes, or I guess they're ag classes that makes you part of FFA, which is Future Farmers of America, um, similar to 4-H for those who know about it and those who don't. Um, but I wonder, like, why isn't that required as like a life skills course? I mean, I remember in college, I don't even, gosh, I can't think of what it is exactly. It was like you had to take a humanities and my econ class counted as that. I mean, why isn't like agriculture or um home ec or something like that taught in schools and required i mean so many schools don't even teach home ec anymore and i think that that is just i know that there's a lot of extra money and stuff that goes into the supplies that is needed to teach these courses but without them kids are going out into the world blind as to what it takes to run their homes to feed their families and not, you know, they're living on Uber Eats and not cooking at home. And it's making people sick and it's making people um, waste tons of money. And then, I mean, I know that the economy is just a wreck right now, but I'm seriously like, how do you think you're going to ever be able to afford to buy a house when you eat from Uber Eats every night? And then you come on and complain and say it's because of the boomers or whatever. I mean, I'm... I have a lot of feelings about what our government and society did to the several generations. But I mean, I see some of the complaints that people have, like I said, like, you know, blaming the boomers that they can't afford a house. Like I said, when they're eating Uber Eats every night, I mean, come on. Anyways, I'm kind of digressing, but I think that there's some reality to this. Um, So I actually started my business. I was figuring it out last night. So I was doing something almost seven years ago now as the homemade revelation. Um, and that started because my husband got diagnosed with liver disease and we, <laughs> that story is a whole other story that, um, I've shared a little bit. I'll probably share more at some point. Um, but the VA basically told us, um, he's a veteran, goes to the VA hospitals, like get your affairs in order. We heard if you eat a little healthier, you might live a little longer. Good luck. Come back in a year. We'll check you for cancer. I mean, it was just like, we walked out of there not even knowing what to think. Um, So I went home and I did research and yeah, you know, a healthy diet is really the key to healing a liver because it's all about what you put into it. Like, you know, imagine like, you know, a screen when you're, because it's a filter, you know, so imagine a filter, like when you're making broth or something like that and you run stuff through and only so much stuff can get through. But if you do a little at a time you have time to scoop it out. And that's kind of how the liver works. Like if you only are putting a little bit of toxic stuff in there at a time, which let's face it, everything's toxic. So it, you know, if you're not putting as much in, um, your body has more of a chance to regenerate. Um, and so I realized I always thought I was like, you know, a home cooker. We ate at home a lot. We grew a lot of our own food, but not, not a ton. I mean, we hunted, we had a garden, that type of thing. I still ate, we still ate a lot of mac and cheese. And you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I went to the store the other day. Kraft mac and cheese was on sale for 60 cents a box. Like, I'm not stupid. I have how, how many kids in the house? Like, I, I bought it all, <laughs> you know, because when the kids eat as much as they do, as long as that's something in moderation where we're having 
healthy breakfasts. We don't like do cereal. We do like oatmeals and eggs and that type of stuff. We do the healthy breakfasts. We do the healthy dinners. And most of the time we do healthy lunches. If I can have some mac and cheese during school days, like I'm taking it. Like it just is what it is. And at 60 cents a box, absolutely. Because you know what? The milk and the butter they're putting in it is from our cow. So, and they're probably going to eat a chicken, some chicken meat or something with it that we raised ourselves. So everything in moderation. But the homemade revelation was my revelation that I was not a home cook the way I really should be. Um, So that's how my business got started. And it was really just a blog. I wrote a couple of small cookbooks. Um, and it was just really our story of how we went, we started going all natural. That has turned into our homestead, which like I said, we, uh, home, Homesteading is not a new concept to anybody, really. But I mean, it wasn't a new concept to us. We don't sit here and say that we're first generation homesteaders or that we started not even knowing how to like, you know, feed a cow. We we knew those things. But what we really embraced was how we could scale that to actually make it work for our family. And that's how the homestead education kind of started evolving from Homemade Revelation, because I realized that my story was more about homesteading than it was about the home cooking Um, because they just kind of go together. Like once you are growing all your own food, you are cooking it all at home and you're cooking it in healthier ways and you're learning more and new healthy ways to do that food. So it just kind of goes better like that. But that's when, um, you know, my husband and I, we were, um, we had just had our youngest and we started talking about whether or not I was going to go back to work at this point. Um, money was not tight, but I had always worked. We agreed I was going to take a couple years off to, we, we wanted to have a couple more kids. Um, and we wanted me to be able to be home with them while they were little. Now, of course, because we had a baby, what didn't mean I was just going to jump right back into work, but we started having that conversation about what that was going to look like over the next few years. Were we going to continue to homeschool if I went back to work and stuff? And yeah, I wanted to stay home. Um, I think that's a story for a lot of people. I wanted to homeschool our kids. I wanted to be there for the babies. The twins, when they were little, they, I was in college and they were raised by daycares. Um, so I wanted to be there and raise the littles. I wanted to build relationships with the twins that I hadn't built before. Um, and so we started down this path of how I was going to make money from home. And I knew that we needed to start building this while Branch was little so that we didn't wait till he was five and then realized that, okay, now I need to have a full-time income and I haven't been seeking that out other than trying to find a job. So I'll admit, you know, like I got my real estate license and because that's something we had discussed that we thought, oh, maybe I could do that part-time and see if I like it. Um, I did it for three years. I didn't love it. Um, I was really happy to let my license go once the homestead education business um, started providing a stable enough income that I didn't have to continue to do real estate. But that was part-time. That allowed me time to continue writing, to focus on the things that really mattered. Um, And that was, I was thinking what I could do, you know, uh, affiliate marketing was really big in blogging at that time. And I thought, well, you know, maybe like I'll just keep pushing my blog and find a way to do affiliate marketing. I had considered my podcast, but I felt like I was a little ways out from that. And I was driving to town one day to do my floor time at the office and it just clicked. Like I needed to write a homeschool curriculum on homesteading. Um, When we had began homeschooling our kids, I was really disappointed that there wasn't an ag curriculum out there for my kids. Um, Super disappointing, you know, same story with public schools. It's what not required there. And in the homeschool world, there just, there was nothing. There was no curriculums. Um, I'm still the only full year homestead curriculum. I'm the only one that has that science um, backing with it, um, where it's not a unit study of, you know, we're going to bake bread and then we're going to learn how to do the math with the bread and a little bit of science with the sourdough and that type of stuff. Like, um, it's a science textbook and that's really where I hang my hat, even though it does have a lot of other things in it. There's, you know, reading comprehension and math and um, there's public speaking and there's research and quality of character and all the things that really do go into homesteading. 
But my goal was to have an ag science course that um, met the small scale farming need. So um, I wrote my first curriculum, which was The Little Learners. And at that time, my husband and I printed it all ourselves out of my office. We bound it all. We stapled the little books. Um, and I was going to Homesetters of America for the first time. And I like packed it all in a bag with me because I wanted to go share it with people at Homesetters of America. I knew that this was going to be like my best networking. I got to meet Jill Winger while I was there. And, you know, like I had my little bag and I'm like, can I show you the curriculum that I wrote? And she was like, oh, that's so great. Like, let me know how it goes. Um, I actually, I made some really great friends, some really great networking on that trip. Um, so I came home, I ended up started getting it printed by a commercial printer. Um, and it was taking off enough that I knew that I, it, it took off enough that I could finance the time and the supplies that I needed to be able to write the high school or the junior high and high school version, which is introduction to homestead science. And um, people were begging for it. Like, wait, okay, little kids, great. Where's the high school one? Which was my goal all along. Because there are some younger kids options for learning some basic homestead stuff. Which I do feel like mine still teaches another level. But um, people were really looking for it for high school. Because high schoolers, they're wanting this knowledge. They're helping their parents on the homesteads now um people ready and adults are buying it for themselves because they wanted that broke down um each step of how to do homesteading so um i was putting it together so beautiful i was able to pay for all the programs that i needed um but this was my first time doing something like this and um whew, this is where it gets hard and um Okay, I'm just going to keep moving forward. I've learned a lot since I originally wrote it. But um, there was a fire. N didn't af affect us, but our community was on fire. And my husband's a fireman. And him and my oldest son were out of the house. My kids and I were making food for our entire volunteer fire department every day out of our own freezers. Um, I mean, making tons of burritos and sandwiches and you know, snacks and I mean, apples off of our trees. I mean, just everything that we could do to provide for these firefighters. But I had a timeline because I'd already launched my pre-sales on this book because I was only like just a few units away from being done when the fires or from when I launched my pre-sales and the fire started like eight days later. And I still needed to finish up my workbook, but I mean, the textbook, like the the bulk of it was there. And um, I suddenly had to finish the book, be there for the firefighters, run my house and my homestead without my husband and my oldest son, and be able to get this book, the digital versions, shipped out, um, printed and back to me before my family and I left for Homesteaders of America that year because we were going to be vendors. Plus, I had all these pre-sales. And I mean, people were, they were supposed, to, I launched the pre-sale August 1st. They were supposed to ship August 30th, which, or September 1st, I think. I mean, it, it wasn't going to be a big deal because I was almost done. And um, I'd already talked to the printer. It was like a two-week turnaround. Like, I was solid. And I ended up not even getting it out to the printer until like September 10th. It was a disaster. Um, I worked day and night. I mean, it, I can't even tell you like what it was like trying to finish it, but I had already committed to people. I had so many sales during pre-sales. Um, I was excited. I didn't want to miss the momentum and I definitely didn't want to miss being able to have a booth at Homesteaders of America to launch my product. Um, Cause I knew that that was going to be my big, um, my big break. I don't know if, what you want to call that there. Um, I went as a vendor, um, we had a great time. My business blew up. Um, I was still running it completely by myself and there was no time for anything. I mean, there was no time for laundry. There was no time for cooking. There was barely time for running the business. And um, I started looking at hiring out and I finally had some time to sit down and, um, 
I had someone contact me and say, hey, we were working on the poultry unit and there's a missing box in a crossword. Ah, man, like what a bummer, you know? I mean, this is a 900 pages worth of, or no, 750 pages worth of textbook, workbook, and answer key. And I missed a box. Like, oh my gosh. And what was even worse about it is the poultry unit was the first unit I wrote. Um, I think I did one other unit after that. And then I learned that there was a software program that makes crossword puzzles for you that I could just plug right into the my publishing program. And But I'd already made those and I was like, oh, they're good. You know, like I'm going to roll with it. I was wrong. There was also, so I sat down and I started going through the book and there were errors. The, uh, I was really bummed. Um, the errors were 99% grammatical. Um, I'm going to get into that a little bit more. So I sought out an editor. I was like, I've got to get this fixed now. I actually paid three different people for the full editing process and never got um never got a finished product back, never even got the first unit done. Hey, there's the screamer. Can you say hi? Hi. Here, I can, we can't see your cute little face. Say hi. Hi. Okay. Now you got to go cuz mommy's recording. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I paid three different people and never got a single unit back. And I'm going to tell you right now, the editors are not cheap. So I was traveling a lot. I was trying to get these edits done and I was sick. Like I was beside myself. Like I didn't know how I should handle this. Because I knew the amount of time that it would take me personally to edit this while also I spoke at, I think, 24 homestead and homeschool conferences last year. Um, had booths at each one of them. I flew all over the country. And I also needed to come home and be a person, like be there for my kids and stuff. Um, but I got an opportunity to have a better printer, um, one that had a faster turnaround, better quality product, that type of thing. Um, so my assistant and I worked day and night on corrections. Um, I'll say right now, there was like only a few that affected content. Um, like the missing boxes of the first couple of crosswords before I paid for the software. Um, I went through the book twice. And now there's a lot of moving parts. Um, there's the textbook to the workbook and the answer key. I found one error in the textbook that affected content. But it was too late. <laughs> um, it was out there. And um, I have had people, because they can say it through the ruse of a computer screen, that I was a sick person to think it was okay to teach kids when there was grammatical errors. Um... Even people who have not been happy with the grammatical errors have said that the content was amazing and but they didn't like the grammatical errors or the content was amazing so they didn't care about the grammatical errors. But I was devastated. Um, and, you know, not a lot of people said anything for months because people were buying curriculum in January and February and not planning on use it, using it till August. So when I found the couple of errors in February or so with the um, poultry, I was just, I was blown away. Um, and, you know, I had used spell check. I did learn about Grammarly later on in the book. Um there, there's no excuses, but um, I have a family member who had said to me in a disgusted voice one time, how can you write a book when you can't even spell? Honestly, I should laugh at that because there was not a single spelling error in the book, only grammatical ones, you know, like 
had instead of hay or I can't even think of them, but there, nothing was spelled wrong in the entire book. It was grammatical stuff. And um, so I should actually laugh at that, but I hear that in my head and it, it's worn on me. Oh, Charlie, trying not to cry right now because I don't want this to just be about me. I want this to be a learning experience for everybody who is considering starting a business like the one that I am, because so many of you are, you're looking at being a content creator. You're looking at putting yourself out there online. And with this, like people see a business, they don't see a face. And I run this business primarily by myself. I occasionally have help, you know, during busy times, I'll hire someone to do shipping or I'll hire a VA to handle customer service stuff. But th this is me, this is me, this is my family. Um, and, you know, I mean, stuff, stuff happens all the time. I mean, last night I had a pile of work to do, but um, I'm working on the bundle selling the bundle that I talked about earlier. And as a content creator, you're constantly having to hustle online. And so I set myself up in here. I did my hair and makeup. I set up my tripod. I got screenshots of every single product in the bundle. Um, set myself up, did a live, talked for 20 minutes. And the whole thing was so crackly, you could barely hear me. I mean, I had so much other work I needed to do. And I spent an hour of my time to try to make sales that my family needs when we're in the off season of homeschool curriculum, which is fine. I mean, people don't buy homeschool curriculum in December, a little bit in January, but we're starting to pick back up for the year. And that's okay. We all have seasonal businesses. Um, a lot of times my homestead picks up for us in the fall because that's when people are stocking their freezers and that's when homeschool curriculum kind of stops getting sold as much. So, I mean, having, you know, seasonal stuff and selling things in other ways, that's okay. Um, you know, it's having those multiple streams of income. It's great. I think they say you need to have six or something like that. And I don't have six, so maybe I need to look for more. But, um, Anyways, I mean, I wasted a whole hour last night and put that out there on the internet of me just crackling. <laughs> and um, so like I said, so many of us are going into homestead businesses. We're going into education style businesses because people see the benefit of learning from each other at this point rather than even learning from colleges. Um, people are using things from, you know, content creation, eBooks from homesteaders that aren't even for kids as the homeschool curriculum because like I said people are seeing the benefit in learning from each other which is what we used to do in the old days you know so I haven't shared this topic openly with anyone outside my friends and family you know a business coach that type of thing because I felt shame not that I haven't communicated this to my customers Customers have all received an email that says, hey, we found some errors. We're sorry for some of the grammatical errors, but for any error that affects the workbook or anything like that, there's a download page on my website that you can get. Um, it's on my Facebook group. I have not shied away from it, but I haven't like openly said what happened. I just was like, oh, yep, I learned a lot as a business owner. I honestly, I mean, it's a lot of layers. Um, I learned a lot as a business owner. I didn't know about some of the errors. I paid people to fix it that it didn't get fixed. I got too busy to fix it myself. I mean, I, I, I wish I had more to say. I, But um, I, I've made some amends with some charter programs that needed updated digital textbooks for their students, which I completely understand. Um, but honestly, I've been afraid of people showing up with the pitchforks <laughs> um, because of some of the bad comments. But I've also seen some of my biggest supporters 
when there has been some rough comments like online or something, you know, just jump on them and be like, are you perfect? Because I think what Cody did is pretty amazing. And that she's making amends for this. So for those of you who have stuck up for me, I'm seeing you online and I appreciate you. Um, don't think that I don't because I don't maybe like pop in and say anything because I have honestly, I've been afraid to, I've, I've been afraid to admit where I've gone wrong, um, and admit my faults. Um, and it's worn on me. Um, I felt like I'm hiding. I felt like a fraud. And the thing is, I mean, when I really look at it, I know I'm not, I know that I'm providing that I provided something that nobody else has before and that it was something that was wanted and needed and that everything that was needed was there. Um, honestly, I've seen some of the biggest names in homeschooling have mistakes in their content. Um, I'm not trying to make it okay. Um, I'm saying I'm human. And um, I felt like I needed to share this with you guys because so many of you have been so amazing. Um, and there's a lot that just don't understand that I'm a one woman business who is learning how to run a business in this new world, um, this digital world. Um, I do want to let you know that the high school version of Homestead Science has been completely updated. It is still beautiful. It is still the most complete agricultural curriculum for homeschoolers. And my heart is still in the best place to teach our generation of kids where their food comes from, to keep them from being afraid if and when we ever have lockdowns again. We were scared. Our kids were scared. And we can do something about it. So this is where, okay, we're done. We're done. We're drying, we're drying the tears. We're hugging it out. And now we're going to talk about where this is you can build a homestead education. So let's talk a little bit about why we're even chasing after this the way we are. So, I mean, I my generation reached the pinnacle of the lack of freedoms in our childhood. I mean, I was still allowed to like ride my bike and call my mom on a payphone, but that was about it. Because by the time I hit high school, we had cell phones where our parents were checking in on us every minute. And then you add in a helicopter parent or a controlling one, and we felt like we couldn't breathe. And I say we because I have talked to so many people who feel the same way as I do. I am. <sighs> Anyways, our parents were from this generation of rule followers, like often to obtain this American dream, just doing like what like that's just the way we do things um and I, I mean i understand where that came from but and i mean i'm not i'm i'm kind of skipping over like a little bit of a hippie generation because there was still those parents that kind of circled back and then there was a certain way you did things and um I, we don't want to do things that way anymore we want to do things our way? I, I don't even know what the word for it is. But many of us aren't like staying home in our hometowns. We're running away to something better. I mean, it like reminds me of the original homesteaders. But instead of inhabiting the West, we're uninhabiting the cities, the suburban areas or states with politics that we no longer believe in. Um, Yes, our homesteads are a lot of work, but they are liberating I mean, we answer to the land, not society, uh, controlling parents, uh, crazy corporate bosses, or the 60,000 plus hours of government education that our children receive and that we received. Um, people are worshiping at home. For some people, it's the distance to town or the obligations on the farm, and some are just simply part of this seeking freedom from the rat race. <laughs> And I am seeing more deeply religious people than I have seen in my lifetime. Um, maybe it's the freedom. Maybe it's the connection with the land and our bodies that are connecting us with our creator on a deeper level. I that I That's what it is. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, but I think back to like when we were kids, TV was all about drinking, cheating, putting your spouse down, ignoring your children and normalizing single parent homes. 
the list goes on. I mean, it felt like we were being groomed for dysfunctional relationships and families. And now that I see this blatant attack on families, I know that that was the case. Next, I mean, we're probably the unhealthiest generation. And we are taking control of our bodies and our children's bodies by not accepting what the food and pharmaceutical industries did to us through the commercialization of our childhoods. All those commercials in between the Simpsons, you know? And, oh my gosh, commercials for medications, like, oh my gosh. I mean, okay, we've seen the old ads for like the Miracle Tonic on the side of the um, truck back in like 30s or something. That was different though. And a lot of those didn't work. And because of that, there's now laws that certain medications have to be prescription. So why do we commercialize them for a self-diagnosis? That just adds to the problem and the delusion. And I mean, personally, I get a lot of flack from like my family members for not having my children live the way I did growing up. And so many others agree with me that I am protecting my children from the way I grew up. I'm protecting them from the society. And, you know, maybe it's a little easier to be no contact with the people who are giving you flack when you live on a farm in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. Maybe that's why we're all running to the woods. Um, okay, so I've kind of like, you know, downed on what society is, but we've been running to this beautiful homestead movement. And homesteading is more than just about farming. It's about freedom for our food, with our health, with our finances. I mean, it's all of it. I mean, it's a sliding scale and it doesn't matter where you're at on it. You know, I mean, if you want to flex that you have more cows than your neighbor, like, great. We all have goals, you know, but how do you and your kids embrace a homestead education? So ask questions. You know, when I first started the homestead education, especially the podcast, my goal was um, to teach you the questions you didn't know to ask. And I say that in the best way possible because this homestead movement is so big and so many people weren't taught these things in school. They go out and they want to start these homesteads and they just don't necessarily know everything that they need to know. And that's okay. Teach yourself. Ask the questions. And ask yourself what you want. It's okay to fulfill your own needs and your own wants. And I'm not saying that in a um, narcissistic way. It's that we have been told we have to do things a certain way for so long. If you want chickens, get chickens. I mean, come on. Like, are we really questioning this? Like, don't don't question if that's what you want. And you know what, if you don't want chickens, buy eggs from your neighbors, because there's a reason that we're chasing this. And, you know, I saw someone online recently say, ask yourself if what you're doing fits the life you are trying to build. And if it doesn't, you don't need it in your life. Simple as that. I... Anyways, read. Read about all the things you want to do on your homestead. Read about the things you don't want to do on your homestead. You know, you never know when it might be something you want to do or it just makes it where you can have a better conversation with your neighbor. Um, but in all the times you're feeling overwhelmed or you feel like someone doesn't understand you, make sure you're reading the books that give you inspiration too. Um, I read a lot of those. Um, because, I mean, I have spent a lot of time raising animals. I I have guides to raising rabbits and that type of stuff. And I, I refer to them as I need them, but I don't usually sit and read those front to back. I refer to them. The books I'm reading front, front to back are like, you know, Jill Winger's Old Fashioned on Purpose or Raising uh, Free Range Children or A Thousand Hours Outside or Until the Streetlights Come On. Um, Joel Salatin books. Uh, the I'm reading a history book right now on... I think, oh, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Um, the Worst Hard Times. Those are the books that encourage me to keep moving and keep going. Um, if you want to check out my books, I have, you know, like a, my favorite products, Amazon thing. I'll link that um, and you can see all the books that I read last year. Or I'm working on reading right now. 
Um, but read these books to your kids too. And not just the how-tos, like the inspirational ones as well. Like I read out loud to my teens. I mentioned that. And the difference in conversation that we have has been amazing. My kids listen to a lot of audio books with us. We listen to Joel Salatin on audio, like when we're driving and stuff. Um, have them help with the research. That's a really big one because kids are going to feel more um, invested and have more ownership in what you're doing if they're a part of it. So even if you know the answer, I mean, that's even better because you can guide them through it. Have them help. You know, now my teens are to the point where they can do the research on things I don't know the answer to, which is great because sometimes I'm in the middle of something with animals and just need an answer. Have your kids take notes, even the little ones. They can mark how many gallons of milk you got a day or how many pounds of tomatoes you harvested. It makes them part of it. It makes them see like a finished product. Um, listen to podcasts and audiobooks. These are great when you're cooking, you're working in the garden. Um, that's when I listen to most of them. I, you know, like I read right now, I listen to audiobooks in the summer because I'm too busy to sit and read. But <laughs> after everything I just had to say, don't overwhelm yourself. Pick like three topics to learn at a time and really embrace them. Like, you know, have a book on something in the kitchen, have a book on something on the homestead, and have a book that's inspirational. And don't overwhelm yourself. Like embrace this. Um, and just find ways to grow. Have a good one. Um, I'm glad you stayed through this episode. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please head over to your favorite podcast player and leave a comment and review. This helps me to know what you're enjoying and helps others find an episode that can help them. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at Homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!